Hey everyone, Brando here. And Mike. And we host the Game Addicts Podcast. A show about modern and retro video games. That we play and collect. Now, here's some vital information for you. Our podcast is found on podcast services around the globe, such as iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, and YouTube. Check us out every Thursday for a new episode. But wait! There's more! If you pledge to the Journey to Comics Network Patreon, you get early access to the audio version of the show up to a week early. So what are you waiting for? It's time to level up and check out the Game Addicts Podcast today. The following is a Journey to Comics Network production. This is literature. We are not as sick as the last time we recorded this. <laughs> I, I, I'm a little bit, but not as bad, no. My voice is still a little weird. Yeah, but... Okay, you didn't lose your voice the last time I recorded, but it was shortly <laughs> after that. Yeah, right after that. I couldn't talk for, like, an entire week. It was horrible. You can still kind of hear, like, the raspiness, but I'm, I'm good now. I'm good. I'm so glad because you sent me a video and I felt so bad. Yeah, but you're feeling better, so that's good. I am. Like, I'm still tired, but Mm. like, I'm good, but I feel like everyone's sick. Yeah. Yeah. My other daughter just got Mm. sick today, too. So it's been like slowly taking over one person of the house at a time. I'm so sorry. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, my my husband isn't sick from me, but I just don't cough on him enough, I guess. I don't know. He never gets sick. <laughs> That's annoying. <laughs> I feel like I'm always sick, and he's just fine half the time. But when he does get sick, he gets really sick. Yeah. Or at least he acts like he's dying. Who knows? I, I think that's just a man cold. <laughs> it is. It's a man cold. <laughs> All right, so this week... We read Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Mm -hmm. It was amazing, as always. But this is... I like this book way more than the first two. It definitely has a different feel to it. It starts picking up more. Yeah. When When I look at the writing style, when I look from this book to even the first book, you know, you can just tell, like, it grows with you. Yeah, exactly. The vocabulary, everything gets a little bit more advanced with each book, but I'm not going to nerd out on that. We're just going to (laughs) jump into this really quick. So we get to start the book, and (laughs) Harry is on summer vacation, and he has to write, what, a history report? Medieval? Some wizarding in the past? I don't know. (laughs) Something like that, yep. um, Page two, and they're talking about 
he had to write something or read something. Okay, but he has to write this report on, was it the witch trials? Something like that, yeah. <laughs> Something weird. And about, they they had some sort of spell where they, when they were set on fire, it just felt like they were being tickled or something. <laughs> and Wendlin the Weird enjoyed being burned so much that she allowed herself to be caught no less than 47 times <laughs> in various disguises. <laughs> I laughed quite hard at that part. Because it was, like, just so weird. Like, Okay. <laughs> I wish Must have been some sort of fetish. Maybe she liked being tickled and watching everyone just... Yeah, you deserve this, motherfucker. <laughs> I, that I was a funny part. Yeah, I, I don't see how that'd be enjoyable, but... I mean, with the right spell, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> so, Harry... While he's writing his report, he stores his ink bottle under his pillow. Like, okay, first of all, would that not make a hell of a mess if that opened? That would suck, and I'm sure his uncle and aunt would be pissed about that. But also, it's like, what, 1992 in this scene, I think? Something like that? Would they not be able to just use regular pens? Or is that, like, kind of, like, homework thing where you can only use, like, a number two pencil? Pencil, You have to use, like... A number two quill. A number two quill. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I have no idea, because in the Muggle world, I mean, you would think they would just use a pen. Use a pen pen. or something. They have the fancy tipped ones. I mean, the teachers won't know. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I was thinking. And I'm like, like, I'm pretty sure that in the 90s they had pens. (laughs) Yeah. Under his pillow, he's just thinking, paint it black. Oh my gosh, can you imagine how hard that would be every time you lay down on it? Oh, there's my ink bottle. I forgot to take it out from under my pillow. (laughs) (laughs) Also, why do they put Errol through so much trouble? Like, the bird can barely deliver a letter, never mind a freaking package. Because I'm pretty sure he delivers Harry's birthday present or something like that in the first couple pages. Yeah, they send him uh, something. They send him something. <laughs> yeah, he he. They sent him a birthday gift, but like, what, don't put Errol through that type of shit. Like, especially they sent him from Egypt. Come on, guys. Yeah, that's a long, long journey. Poor Errol. <laughs> okay, so one of Harry's birthday presents is he gets this broom servicing kit from Hermione, and he goes through this kind of, like, you know how it just kind of starts retelling you things about the wizarding world, and it's just, and Quidditch is one of the most popular games. Like, what other sporting events do they have? Like, chess? Okay, I, <laughs> after reading your question earlier, I went and did a bunch of research because I was very bored. So, there are obviously, like, old games. This is all uh, thanks to, um, what book is it called? Oh, Quidditch Through the Ages. I did some research. So, there are obviously some old games that aren't played anymore, like Stitch Stock and Egg Geninian and Crayotian. 
But people still play games like Shunt Bumps, but that one's more of a kid's beginner game, and I assume that's like kind of the soccer of the, of the wizard world, if you will. But then there are other sports that are still played in the wizarding world, which are the annual broom race of Sweden, which is basically just an epic race, and Swiven Hodge is also a popular game. It's just not as popular as Quidditch. Damn. I don't know what they are, but I wrote them down. I There was another game mentioned in the book, Gobstones or something? Yeah. Because I, I read, I'm like, wait a minute. What the fuck is that again? <laughs> so I to Google it. But man, why don't they play more sports at Hogwarts? What about people with other talents besides just flying and playing with balls? <laughs> <laughs> Yep. I think that's a good time to move on. <clears throat> okay. So, when Harry gets on the night bus, uh, he gives Stan the name uh, Neville Longbottom. And Stan calls him Neville the entire time he's on the bus. But then at the end there, when he finds out that it's actually Harry Potter, he keeps calling him Neville. Like, why <laughs> Why would you keep calling him Neville when you know he's Harry? Right. Have a good day, Neville. It's Neville. Like, not his name. Because <laughs> he's, why'd you lie to me? And Harry doesn't say anything. Okay, bye, Neville. The fuck, man. <laughs> like, I feel like if someone lied to me about their name like that, I'd be like, all right, bye, Harry. Yeah, exactly. Fucker. You'd be like, give, her, give him, like, that look that you just gave me, too, like that. <laughs> Narrow <laughs> eyes, like, hmm. Harry. <laughs> oh, God. I'm dead. Oh, so before God. he left, sorry, before he left, um, he wrote a letter to Ron to take care of Hedwig. But Ron was in Egypt. I was also wondering, like, would she and Errol have had to go all the way back to Egypt to be taken care of by the Weasleys? Hmm. So he's like, go, Ron will take care of you. But Ron wasn't even at home. He was right. in freaking Egypt. Like, you gotta go a long ways to get any <laughs> care. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. I, I'm assuming she did, but Hedwig's also a badass. That's she's true. Not, she's not Errol. <laughs> she would have to carry Errol the rest of the way to Egypt. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> we got Let's this. go. <laughs> oh, gosh. So poor Harry has to deal with his aunt Marjorie visiting. Is it? It's not. Is it Marjorie? I think it's is Marge. Right? It's Marge. I'm, am I? I'm Game of Thrones referencing right now. I should not read those all at the same time. This <laughs> is Aunt Marge. Uh, Mar Marjorie's Game of Thrones. Anyway, she visits. You know, while Ron gets to be in Egypt, <laughs> but. She feeds her tea to her dog. And that is just such a small thing that I never caught before. Mm -hmm. And I'm just thinking, what kind of tea do you give your dog? Like, it would have to be non-caffeinated. Yeah. Because I don't think dogs can have caffeine. No. I have a dog, and I've never sat down <clears throat> like, hmm, I bet you'd like some tea. 
that seems healthy. Like, and she's someone who takes care of dogs. Why is she feeding her dog tea? Maybe it was uncaffeinated and she knew it'd be safe. I don't know. Like, uncaffeinated meat tea. (laughs) Meat tea? Packed with protein. Ew. (laughs) Ugh. Okay. Okay, again. What type of tracking do owls have? So, he sends Hedwig away with Errol. Go to Ron's. He'll take care of you. And then he runs away, gets on the night bus, gets to the leaky cauldron. And before anybody else seems to have known that he was there, she shows up. Because Tom's like, oh, by the way, your bird is here. Smart bird. Like, Harry specifically said, like, go to Ron's. He'll take care of you. And she's just like, no, that motherfucker's going to the leaky cauldron. And she, like, turned around and hightailed it back there. Like, what kind of magic do these birds have? Ugh. It's driving me crazy. Doesn't it make you want to be an owl? <laughs> just to know. Yeah. I'm sure regular owl, owls don't have this type of tracking. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd assume that there'd have to be, like, specifically bred owls to have. Right. Like, I doubt I could just go outside and be like, hey, you owl, come here. My post senses are tingling. <laughs> Must deliver this package. <laughs> Okay, I hope they're not that intense in their head. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. So one of the things that just made me die was the invisible book of invisibility. (laughs) (laughs) That poor bookshop keeper's just, we never did make our money back on those because we never found them because they're invisible. (laughs) So my question is, if you can't find them... How the fuck does anyone even read it? Like, what is the point of this book? Is there Hmm. a spell that it can be seen? Does it have to be open for you to see it? And it's only, like, invisible when it's closed? I mean, it could be. And why not just... Why not Accio, the invisible book of invisibility? Like, why did that not happen? I find that issue happens a lot throughout the books and the movies, where I'm like, why don't you just, like, Accio that shit up? Because, like, half the time when they can't find stuff, or, like, if Harry's cloak is somewhere, like, just Accio it. Like, it's not that hard, guys. Come on. Right? Like, you're at school, or you're in the wizarding world, you're fine. Exactly. Like, oh, how great would that be? You're running late. (laughs) Accio, all of my school crap, and you're good. Bam! There we go. <laughs> okay. So I tagged something, apparently. I can't remember what it was. Give me one second to find it. Oh, right. Okay. So, I came across this quote when I was reading, and it is when Mr. Weasley is talking to Harry just before he leaves um, on the Hogwarts Express. Sorry. Okay. Uh, Not entirely, said Mr. Weasley, who looked more serious than Harry had ever seen him. Harry, swear to me you won't go looking for black. Harry stared. What? There was a loud whistle. Guards were walking along the train, slamming all the doors shut. Promise me, Harry, said Mr. Weasley, talking more quickly still, that whatever happens, why would I go looking for someone I know wants to kill me, said Harry blankly. Excuse me, sir? Okay, 
So he has chased after Snape the first book, who he thought wanted to kill him. And then he went after Ginny when he knows for a fact that the Basilisk would want to fucking kill him. Like, this is not an unusual thing. (laughs) You cannot blame Mr. Weasley for for asking that of him. Right, because this is a thing that he has done. Every single Multiple year. Multiple times. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> two out of two have looked for someone trying to kill you. But yeah, I totally stand with Arthur Weasley and trying to bring that up. But you have to know. <laughs> you have to know, especially after having two boys, like the Weasley twins. <laughs> you know that Harry's not going to listen. I mean, you can try. But... You can try. He tries. But I, I just, I found Harry's answer. Like, why would I go looking for, like, come on. Come on, Harry. <laughs> Let's think about your history real quick. <laughs> <coughs> Since we're both coughing. <laughs> <clears throat> Speaking of poor Black, he, okay, so I named my dog pretty much after Sirius Black, Padfoot. But he... Is that what that's from? <laughs> I would have never guessed. But he has, like, his life sucks. His life sucks so much. It does. So when Harry is overhearing, you know, I think he's overhearing about Black. It's Black lost everything that night. Harry stopped you-know-who, and he's had 12 years alone in Azkaban to brood on that. Mm-hmm. But they think that he lost his, like, Voldemort and all the power, but really, he lost his reputation, he lost his best friend, he lost his godson, and mm-hmm. now he's been sitting in Azkaban for 12 years. That and, would suck. You know, Hagrid had a hard time after... How long was he in there? A couple of months? Like, I think Hagrid was only in there for a couple of days. Okay. Actually. Well, he still has problems with it. <laughs> and, God, and Sirius is so nice still, even after 12 years of being in there. Right. I know he says that his knowing that he was innocent kept him sane, but Fuck. But then when the same thing, like, I guess Sirius is obviously stronger than Hagrid, but Hagrid knew he was innocent, too. Like, it wasn't yeah. much different. Sirius is a serious motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my next point is actually a two-part point that will continue after my next point. So it's kind of three points. (laughs) Okay, so they got on the train, they stowed their luggage and pets in an empty compartment, and then they came back off to say goodbye to Mr. and Mrs. Weasley. Um, But when they went back in, the only available uh, compartment was one that there was a teacher sleeping in, right? So that, (laughs) that one... Okay, it was slightly empty, but later on, there was a whistling sound coming from Harry's trunk. So, obviously, that was the compartment that they put their stuff in, 
So why'd they make it sound like they were having trouble finding a compartment to sit in when obviously they sat in the same compartment they put all their crap in? There was just a teacher sitting in it. Like, I don't understand why they made such a big deal of, like, finding a compartment. But then also, they send Ginny away so that they could talk privately. But then they decide that talking in a compartment with a sleeping professor... My lord. With a sleeping professor... (laughs) Was enough privacy. Like, I know you guys wanted to talk, and I know it was important. But you guys couldn't wait till you got to Hogwarts? Like, you had to be like, yeah, he's sleeping. Let's talk. Like, people pretend to sleep all the time, you idiots. I mean, I think Harry and Ron do it, like, five times in this book. Yeah. And of all the people that you would want to talk around, you decide that the the professor's fine. Yeah. You're talking about something that probably you don't want adults to overhear. Exactly. Because, you know, they don't want you to know a whole lot. (laughs) Yeah. But then you're like, go away, Ginny. Like, I'm sorry, Ginny could have stayed for that conversation. (laughs) Fuck off, Ginny. (laughs) My God. Also, when they get to to the the Hogwarts train station, God, I don't know what it's called, um, they get into the carriages that are pulled by Thestrals, but they can't see the Thestrals, and Harry can't either, which is funny because wouldn't seeing his mom's death have allowed him to see the Thestrals? I actually did some research on that, and I found J.K. Rowling's response to that, because it's not actually a mistake. A lot of people thought it was a mistake. Um, But to summarize it, basically what happened, or is happening, is when he watched his mom die, he didn't actually watch it, and... He was too young to understand what was happening. The concept of death was not there. I get the, I get the youngness, but in like in the movie, he is obviously watching when his mom goes down. Yeah. Well, fuck the movie. No. <laughs> I like movies. But then when he sees Cedric die, mm-hmm. then I get he the, understands. I get the youngness, understands. not understanding death thing. Yeah. That makes sense. So, God, how long? How long? How long? How how young was Luna when her mom died? I didn't I didn't check. I don't know. Like, is it? She would have obviously had to have understood it then. Yeah. <clears throat> I am curious. Maybe we'll reread it and be like, oh, that's what it was. That happens a lot. <clears throat> but yeah. I never knew that either. I've always wondered that question and never decided to Google it before today. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. When we finally get to Hogwarts, I always love when they, when she describes what it looks like. Cause it's just, you want to be there so much, but man, when they're just walking up and it's through the giant oak front doors into the cavernous entrance hall, which is lit with flaming torches and housed a magnificent marble staircase that led to the upper floors. Like, damn. Right? <laughs> like, when Does I it... walked into school, it was just, ah, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you didn't go to school in a castle, I assume. No. Man. I, I, every time I think of Hogwarts, I mean, that has to just 
be the most beautiful place ever. Right. Like, I Ugh. would be a teacher to just live there forever. I would be happy being the caretaker. I would be filch. I'd be fine but, with it. But you wouldn't be a squib. Bitch, you're a I'm Ravenclaw. A... <laughs> <laughs> Me and my husband talked about that the other day. We we were talking about Harry Potter and our kids were talking to us and I we had he had said something and I I said, Muggle please and he's like, I am not a muggle and he was all like offended. And my kids were like, What's a muggle? So we had to explain it to them. And then I'm like he he's like I'm like, Well you don't have magic. He's like, You don't have magic either. And I'm like, you know what? I'd rather be a squib than a muggle. And he's like, A squib? I'm like, Yep. Then he's like, Well, I'd be a squib too. And then we realized that like but then that means that our families would be magical, right? So I've decided that if I'm a squib, I'm a I'm a muggle born squib. <laughs> that way my family isn't you know <laughs> it was a very long talk and my kids had no clue what we were talking about and they were staring at us like we were idiots because then they're like okay what's a squid <laughs> it <laughs> was fun it was good <laughs> oh my god! but I'd probably be great. okay with being a squib if I could live in the castle right because you still like you're not a muggle you still see the wizarding world you're not blocked mm-hmm. from everything and you obviously just... there are options because he's taking the quickie spell course yeah that he's so ashamed of it's so sad <laughs> it is except i wonder i don't hear a whole lot about it later but i never really remember filch ever getting anything out of that because he just kind of stayed being a squib the whole time like you would think he would just leviosa all those plaques i mean he just kind of yeah i guess so <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. Poor man. We've deviated. Speaking speaking of of sad men, Professor (laughs) Kettleburn, is that a man or a woman? I I don't know a whole lot about Professor Kettleburn. No, it is a he. It is a him. But the only reason Hagrid gets his position is (laughs) Professor Kettleburn retires to enjoy his time with his remaining limbs. I want to know which limbs are missing and what happened. <laughs> like, what kind of classes are you teaching? Like, you well, he was obviously limbs. the 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 oh lord Care for magical creatures professor. Yeah, so I can't imagine that being a safe job. Me neither. But Hagrid got in trouble for the dragon, and he couldn't have. Aragog at the school, but Professor Kettleburn was fucking around with something that takes limbs from you. I mean, don't, like, the flobber worms or something, like, expel fire out of their butts or something in the next book? Something burns things up. Could have been something like that. (laughs) It farted and just (laughs) burned his limbs off. Well, you never know. I don't have an arm. Just farted my arm off. <laughs> Is that so? Uh, they did clear up another thing. Uh, they went to Hogsmeade. Uh, well, I mean, uh, Ron and Hermione did, and they came back and they told Harry that at the post office there were color-coded owls, depending on how fast you wanted your owl to get there. First of all, is that like? They have like a color-coded band, or is it like the white owls 
get it there faster than the brown owls. But yeah, apparently it's color-coded owls. So that answered a couple questions of how, like, your uh, Amazon Express uh, <laughs> idea there a couple episodes ago. Yeah, two-day shipping owls. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. I, oh, man. I mean, I'm sure at the post office you pay for that owl to go. Probably. I wonder how much owls are. Like, overnight owling, how is that? That's a good question. And even then, what's the slowest owl? Like, can you, is there like 10 to 15 business days? Those come from China. (laughs) (laughs) And then like, where would they sleep though? Like 10 to 15 business days. Would they just like, is there like nests along the way or like owlries randomly throughout the world? Or do they just kind of, like, sit on your package overnight and just kind of, like, protect it? I don't know. I would assume they would stop at the Owry. They have to stop somewhere. I mean, the owls that deliver to Hogwarts that maybe aren't the students but their parents, Mm -hmm. I would assume they would stay there overnight instead of dropping it off and going straight back. Yeah. I'd hope so, anyways. They have to, like, refuel and eat and stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. You're good. So, you're a little like, like you're coming through really weird. Mm. So I'm trying to see if like waiting it out, like it's really like you're far away almost. Oh. And like you're super staticky. I have something pop up on my screen that said connection issue or connection poor yeah. connection. Alright, it's starting to get better. Is it? God, we're gonna Yeah, we're gonna have a lot of pauses on here. My gosh. <laughs> Are you gonna be able to fix that up? <laughs> yeah. All I have to do is I'm just writing down all the times and as long as we have like a pause. Yeah. Good. Okay. Am I better now? Yeah. It you it was in the middle of what you were talking, but you could still understand. But mm. I was afraid it was about to like cut out or something. Okay. So we don't get to see this in the movie, which we're not talking about the movie yet. But I wish that we could. The ladder (laughs) to get to the divination classroom. I mean, I mean, it's super cool. But then I started wondering, what about people like Mr. Kettleburn with missing limbs? (laughs) Like, what about disabled children? You know? Maybe there's like an elevator. Maybe they like Leviosa them up. I was going to say, there has to be some sort of way, but I don't ever see anything, like, anybody like that in the books. Well, that would also suck for any disabled students, because how many freaking stairs there are. Yeah. Like, just getting to the Gryffindor common room, and then they have to crawl through a hole? Like, that would (laughs) suck so hard. So, I don't, gosh. I didn't even think about the hole either, but I was really, I've always thought about what about people who physically cannot get up that ladder who want to take divination? 
It's a good question. She'll probably predict that someone's never coming to class. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. So, and in this one, this is when Hermione gets the time turner Mm -hmm. from McGonagall. And she's telling her schedule and writing down her schedule so openly with Harry and Ron. And they asked her, how are you in arithmancy while you're in divination? They're at the same time. And she just kind of blows them off and keeps going. But I feel like if I were Ron or Harry, it'd be, wait, hold the fuck up. Yeah, but they're boys. They're idiots. They're young boys. They're just like, okay, whatever. It's not them. They don't care. That's cool. (laughs) That's my explanation. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. My my husband would be like, how are you doing that? And they'd be like, don't worry about it. He'd be like, okay. Are you serious? (laughs) Okay. Okay. Because I feel like if it were me, I'd wait. How? They're at the same time. Are there other classes? Is there a possibility for all, for everyone else to get this opportunity? Why are you taking this many courses? Because she's smart as fuck. Right. Like, I would be so interested. (laughs) Speaking of classes, Snape's class, potions, poor Neville. (laughs) Poor Neville. Well, more poor Trevor. Yeah. Well, poor... That's like, maybe not like his son, but it's his Trevor. But I'm (laughs) surprised that Snape or any other teacher could use potions or spells on students' pets. Because they talked about back and forth, well, if you do it wrong, it could be poison. <laughs> like, <laughs> and that kind of laugh, too. I think, I, think, I think Snape is just an asshole. I don't think he technically could or was allowed to do it. I think he just did because Neville really pisses him off for some reason. Like, what if Trevor died? Would his grandmother sue the school for that? Justice for Trevor. Honestly, I feel like Neville would have been in trouble if if Trevor died. I think the grandma would have given uh, Neville more crap than Professor Snape. Okay, yeah, that's fair. But if his grandmother was nice... What would happen? <laughs> That's a like, good question. What kind of shit would Snape be in this time? No. <clears throat> okay, and on to more classes. <laughs> Defense Against the Dark Arts. Mm-hmm. This is my favorite year for that because I love, I love Lupin so much. Yes. And his first lesson was a Boggart, and we, you know... You, nobody knows what it actually looks like because it transforms into whatever you fear. Actually, Mad-Eye but, Moody does know what its original form looks like. Did you research this? Because I can't remember any of it. I did research it. <laughs> so there, there is no known form. I'm assuming it's kind of like a shadowy smoke monster because literally they fit in a drawer. They can fit in like anything. So I assume it's like smoke. But with Mad-Eye Moody's eye, he can actually see the physical form of a Boggart because in order for you, in order for him to do its thing, he needs to come out of the closet or come out of the drawer or come out of right whatever he's in. So with his eye, he can actually see what it is. 
Um, he doesn't explain what it is on any of my research, but I have found out that Moody is one of the only ones who would actually know what it is. God damn it. That motherfucker should have written a book on that. He would have sold millions. <laughs> He'd be a rich son of a bitch, okay? Right? I mean, that eye. <laughs> we'll wait till we get to that eye, but I want to talk about that eye when it comes. <laughs> yeah. That's coming up in our next book. <laughs> but... Yeah, I want to know what they look like. But I agree. It would have to be some sort of, like, they would have to be able to just slither into whatever. Because <laughs> to, to even get in half the things they get into, they would have to be some sort of smoky. Yeah. They would have to be, like, a guest just walking around. Yeah. My other guess uh-huh. was, like, a blob. But I feel like that's less scary than smoke. So I didn't want to yeah. go with that. I'm thinking about if they left goo behind. <laughs> All up in your closet. So, <laughs> so back to our owl post. <laughs> so Lupin gets delivered a Grindelow. Mm-hmm. And that is a creature that lives in water. And right. he's just, yeah, I just got delivered today. What fucking owl took? It would have to have an aquarium. I and assume it was the- shipped in on the train. Do you think so? I think it was either train or, like, those fancy ship things that, like, come out of the lake, like, kind of, like, Dermstrain. Dermstrain? Maybe. Boat. Dermstrain. (laughs) Boat. (laughs) Moaning Myrtle. Maybe Moaning Myrtle got it. Took it through the plumbing. She just plucked it right out. Pulled it through. (laughs) Through those big-ass pipes. Yeah. Come with me. We'll put you back eventually. Yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. Oh, God. So Grindelows <laughs> aren't cute, but I'm just imagining if they were cute and how wizarding people would be. Like, if it's a really cute Grindelow, it's a Grindeloaf. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it hurts my throat to laugh. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> So when Professor Snape takes over Lupin's class for the day when he's out sick, Gryffindor ends up losing so many points that day. Like, granted, yes, he is being an asshole about Lupin and trying to get them to realize what he is. Um, and, you know, being all pissy that apparently he's not teaching the class properly. But, like, I mean, seriously, Hermione, get your shit together. You know Snape doesn't like you. Why the hell would you speak out of turn so many times? Like... You kind of deserve to lose those points, because honestly, you're being an idiot. Like, you know better than to talk in Professor Snape's classes. Right. If you're not Slytherin, he doesn't like you. Exactly. Like, ugh. And especially Hermione. He has a problem with her because of her attitude, which, I mean, I don't blame him. She is a bit of a bitch sometimes when she knows (laughs) stuff, know-it-all snobby, you know? Yeah. You think she would learn. Also, I don't understand why Sirius would have torn the painting of the fat lady. Like, what would that have accomplished? Was he trying to intimidate her to let him in? Because it seemed like a very pointless thing to do. Yeah. Unless he was, like... Maybe he did go a little crazy in Azkaban, and he was so, like, fucking ready to take on... Let me in! Yeah, like, ready to take on Peter Pettigrew. That he just didn't care. 
But, you know, you would think he would be more careful of that because he went to school there. Like, and he what, he was trying to kill the fat lady to see if that would open it? Like, how? what exactly did he think was going to happen? I don't know. Like, maybe just go through to the other side. Maybe. Without her saying yes. Like, mm. I have no idea. Maybe just trying to cut through and make himself fit through the painting and through the hole. <laughs> through the painting. And... Also, it's about time, for once, the teachers have thought it through, and they've properly secured all of the students in one room during a threat. So Sirius is a foot in the castle, and they're all looking for him, and they lock the students in the Great Hall, which I was so happy about this time, because that is how you properly teacher, <laughs> is how you properly parent, is how you, I don't know. So you properly take care of children. That's how you properly protect. There you go. Your students. Authority. <laughs> That's how you save lives. There you go. I, I just had this really random thought about the Gryffindor hole. Man, that sounded horrible. <laughs> it's a really big glory hole. No. <laughs> what if you can't fit through the hole? Like, do you get the butter out? Like, how big happens? of a hole is that? Like, how big of a hole is it? Yeah, because I feel like they're like, we gotta crawl through, so it can't be a massive hole. I would suck so hard if you had to if it, if you had to actually crawl through it. Yeah. I would be so claustrophobic. Like, I, I'm I'm very claustrophobic, so I'd be like panicking so hardcore, coming in and out all the time. That would not yeah. work for me. Well, at least you're in Ravenclaw. I'm in Gryffindor. <laughs> just got to answer a question and I'm good. And I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> I just, I just don't there think another my ass is fitting through there. <laughs> like a, a temporary like, shrinking spell. Like, is it big enough for, like, would Hagrid be able to get into the Gryffindor? I mean, he was Gryffindor, wasn't he? Well, he would have been younger. But he's a half giant. How did he would have been huge? It must be a big hole. (laughs) 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 Maybe it's like more of like a tunnel. Like right. I've lost where I am. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, uh. During the Quidditch game against, oh, who was it? Hufflepuff, I think. Yeah. Um, it's raining so bad. It's storming. And during the Quidditch match, Hermione does the impervious spell on Harry's glasses so that the rain just swoops off of them. Would that be considered cheating? I feel like it would be. It could be, like, performance-enhancing spell. Yeah, but in a way, then ev- everyone has that ability. She's not making him fast or anything. She's just making it where she he can see. Like, I'm kind of thinking of it in terms, like... But then they should do that to all of them. Because, like, they're all wearing goggles in the movie. But, like... Yeah. Then that should have been done to everybody. Yeah, and then make it fair. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I don't see, like, pad, like when people wear the protective pads and, yeah, like, that's not cheating. No. But, yeah, I don't know. But if, yeah, if it was only him and everyone else was fucked, 
Yeah. Like, of course you're going to win. You can see. <laughs> we all know what it's like to not be able to see. Nothing's going to happen. <laughs> so, we're moving on to disembowelment now. <laughs> but when the twins approach Harry and start to tell him about the Marauder's Map... They're just, oh, he threatened us with the usual detention, disembowelment. <laughs> like, like, that escalated really fucking just quickly. so casual, too. Yeah. <laughs> How smart do you think the twins had to be? They figured out the Marauder's map. Like, they found it in a drawer. No instructions. Just a piece of parchment. Like, how smart are they that they knew how to use this damn thing? Like, these boys just continue to amaze me the more I think about it. Yeah. Yeah. I have wondered so many times, how did they figure it out? Because I'm sure they didn't just know. No. But how did they figure out how to use it? Mm-hmm. Maybe they tried a bunch of stuff, but even so, I feel like if I just saw that parchment, I wouldn't think twice about it and move on. You like, know? obviously they knew it was something because it was in his, like... Yeah. Contraband drawer or whatever, but. Hmm. And, gosh. So, funny thing I just thought about with the twins and the Marauder's map. So, Peter Pettigrew does show up on the Marauder's map. Yeah. How often do they look at the map? Because wouldn't they have seen that a Petter, Peter Pettigrew Petter. is sleeping with Ron every single <laughs> night? Like, they're sharing a bit of that. the time. I didn't even think of that. That's funny. They're like, basically, wherever Ron walks, he's just there, too. There's a Peter Pettigrew. Weren't, weren't they ever just looking at the map and looking at Ron like, the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I, that's Honestly, something I would bring the up. Twins, like, the twins, like, they're smart. But I don't see why they'd be looking at Ron, you know? Maybe they, that was just not something that they cared to pay attention to. That's true. I mean, they've only had two years up to this point. With Ron. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's but, a good question. But, you know, just like some offhand chance they're looking at the map and Ron is <laughs> sleeping or walks by and just... Who There's the two people. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. I never thought of that. Oh my gosh. So, Oliver Wood and his obsession with Quidditch just made me die. So, Harry gets his broom, which we know is from Sirius, but it has to be checked out first because yeah. they don't know if anything's wrong with it. And Wood tries to get McGonagall to give up the broom and just let Harry ride it. Mm-hmm. And then he got upset. When McGonagall said that she he cared more about Quidditch. I'm just going to read this here. Told me I got my priorities wrong. Seemed to think I cared more about winning the cup than I do about you staying alive. Just because I told her I didn't care if it threw you off as long as you caught the snitch first. Honestly, the way she was yelling at me, you'd think I said something terrible. <laughs> I mean, I don't blame him. <laughs> He's had some pretty shitty luck with his uh, 
his team. <laughs> I know, like, he's so into Quidditch, and he's never got the Quidditch Cup, because it's been seven years. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. But, oh. <laughs> like, I said something terrible. <laughs> because if he doesn't even realize what he did. Like, yeah. Uh. <laughs> so, okay, after Sirius woke Ron up, everybody was, like, in a tizzy, yelling, and, you know, being all freaking out. The McGonagall comes rushing in all furious because she just broke up the party like a couple hours before because they had won the game, right? She comes in all furious like, oh, I thought I told you guys to go to bed. Like, does she have a baby monitor in the common room to see what, like, that the students are awake? Like, how did she know that they were all awake? Or is, like, her room, like, right next door to the common room and they were all being that loud? Because, like, how would you know that the students are all awake and yelling? Right? And even so, why not just fucking magic that shit up and soundproof everything? <laughs> there, There's there's a spell. There's introverts in the magical world, I'm sure, that want everyone to go the fuck away. Probably. And be quiet. But yeah, I don't know. It would suck to have your room right next <laughs> to the Gryffindor common room. I mean, I guess she is like their their head of house, so she does need to know this type of stuff. Yeah. And I doubt it happens very often where, you know, there's a potentially known serial killer that ends up in the boys' dormitories. But... <laughs> <laughs> Let's laugh about that. <laughs> But, like, I was just curious as to how she knew that they were all awake. So, a couple of pages after that, Neville gets a howler. And unlike Ron, who just sits at the table and is an idiot, Neville grabs his howler and runs out of the room. Yes, they can still hear it from the dining room, because by the time it explodes, or from the great hall, because by the time it explodes, he's only in the entrance hall and it's super fucking loud. But at least he wasn't, like, being watched while he was being yelled at, right? Like, yeah, he's a smart boy sometimes, that Neville. Yeah, he's like, I've been through this shit before, <laughs> and um, fucking bye. Bye. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> I'm fucking out of here. <laughs> oh, God. <clears throat> so, poor Buckbeak. Poor Buckbeak. Poor Buckbeak, fucking Malfoy. But Hermione is so sweet, trying to help with Hagrid's case to save Buckbeak. <laughs> and she's taking all these classes. And even though she has a time turn, I mean, that's a lot to handle. But she still finds time to help Hagrid. I mean, how fucking sweet. And I think at this point, like, she's already showing this, like the signs of being overworked. and Oh, for like, sure. Yeah. Just losing it. But she still helps. It's so sweet of her. Stupid of her because of, you know, her losing her shit, but sweet nonetheless. Yeah. (laughs) And I have been wondering, do hippogriffs understand English? So I've in the beginning when Malfoy insults Buckbeak, he calls him an ugly brute. I mean, how would he know that it's an insult? Does Mm -hmm. he understand that ugly is something? And then when Harry wins Quidditch, one of the Quidditch matches, he's, oh, I can't wait to tell Beaky about this. Okay, I thought about this, and I actually kind of wrote down a response on my my screen. So, uh, for the beginning of the book, 
animals can tell when people have like ill ill uh, feelings towards them, right? So I think that he just kind of got the vibe that Malfoy was throwing off when he was insulted. If that makes sense. That's true. But I always feel like Malfoy's always insulting. So the fact that it it was directed more at the at the animal though. And then the second part, when Hagrid tells Harry he can't wait to tell Beaky, that's honestly no different than, like, a crazy cat mom being like, I can't wait to tell the kitties, like, you know? Or, like, I'm pretty sure you've probably talked to Padfoot, you know? <laughs> Oakley's yeah. the only one home with me throughout the day, so it'll be like, are you hungry? Should, should we go get food, you know? Should, are we thirsty? <laughs> I do. This makes me think... I had this whole conversation with my cats. <laughs> Obviously, it was very one-sided. <laughs> but you have seen this. But I got that Meowajoana <laughs> yep. catnip. And I'm just sitting in there I'm like, I'm going to get you high. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like maybe that's what Hagrid meant by, like, I can't wait to tell Beaky. Like, maybe just, like, I'm going to go home and talk to my... Like, My animals, like, you know, that's maybe. what I thought. I mean, Hagrid is super into all of his creatures <laughs> and animals and pets, but I never, I'm like, I have to tell Patty, like, this is not something, <laughs> like, something exciting Just give happens. it time. You <laughs> might. Give it time. <laughs> hey, Pad. Guess what? <laughs> Guess what I saw today? <laughs> Some treats. Okay, that's something I'd probably say, but... <laughs> so moving back to lupin being a badass teacher oh i wish he'd stayed at hogwarts so much Mm -hmm. so much love his exam was amazing right the obstacle course how badass is that for defense against the dark arts i would have loved his class Right, like having to fight a Grindelow, go through the Boggart and everything, and poor Hermione with her McGonagall <laughs> telling her she failed everything. So her that's such a funny one. <laughs> I can't even like imagine. Like that's the only thing she's scared of. Right, that's the last. It all went well until the Boggart. She just breaks down crying. <laughs> poor Lupin's part, just like okay. Bitch be crazy. (laughs) Bitch be crazy. (laughs) Okay. So, nearing the end of the book, well, throughout the whole book, but nearing the end of the book, you really find out that Crookshanks seem to be working with Sirius. Um, I was wondering, as an Animingus, Animingus, is that how you pronounce it? I think. Can you communicate? Is it Animagus? I don't know. There's ing in it. I don't know. <laughs> Can you communicate with actual animals? I like, would. Have, I mean, it's seeming like it. They communicated with uh, Lupin as a werewolf, and mm-hmm. James as the stag. Sirius as the dog, and Peter Pettigrew as the rat. Like not. And I, did they say not? With words, but there was still that understanding. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Because honestly, if so, that would be freaking cool as hell. Like, 
Yeah. I'm just going to change and talk to my dog. Right. Like, and if that's the case, if McGonagall just turned into a fucking cat, I wonder if they could, they could have talked. Let's just talk it out like rational animals. Right. (laughs) The mammals we are. Let's do this. (laughs) So, uh, Everybody goes into the tree and Lupin sees that everybody's being dragged in and whatnot. But then Snape goes to give Lupin his medicine and finds the map open on Lupin's uh, desk. So obviously, first of all, why didn't he bring the map with him? Um, Why doesn't he, why, like, why didn't he destroy it or something? Also, I doubt that Harry would ever be able to use it again, because if Snape had any wind of Harry having the map and James's cloak, Harry would be fucked. (laughs) Like, Snape would not let him get away with anything. Right. Like, unless Dumbledore was like, hey, motherfucker. Calm your shit. Use that. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe. Calm that hair. (laughs) (laughs) You comb that hair. No. So then once again, once again, Harry makes another mistake, because that's all he seems to do in these damn books. If he would have just let Sirius and Lupin kill Peter instead of wanting him to go to Azkaban, they could have ended the story, or at least made it easier for themselves. By, like, a lot. Like, stop being stupid, Harry. (laughs) Just let people kill them. Like, he was a rat. He's fine. Just let him die. Yeah, but at the same time... If, if I found out that he put, like essentially killed my parents, I'd be like, fuck you, you don't even deserve the Dementors. Yeah, I mean... Uh, you're going to bring this up later, but like it would help him prove the innocence of Sirius and everything, but they should have knocked him the fuck out or something. Yeah. Like, if you're going to keep him alive, don't let him be conscious. Like, even Petrificus. Put him like, in a coma. Petrificus Totalis. Like, just, like, make him, like, completely petrified yeah. or something. Why did nobody do that? Lupin was right there. <laughs> idiot. God nobody was it, Lupin. thinking. And he, Lupin didn't take his fucking potion, and <laughs> Snape left the fucking map, and Harry and Ron and Hermione are doing fucking stupid shit all the time. And <laughs> fucking this this was not going well. <laughs> so also, during that whole scene, Snape finds out that Sirius is an animingus. Why does he leave that out of the story that he tells Fudge? And even after Sirius, like, escapes and Snape is all pissed about it, like, why does he not tell anybody this? Again, was Dumbledore like, you're not going to tell anybody this? Because I, I, I don't know. That is the only thing I can think to explain that, because Sirius, you know, that he he's the one who played the prank on Snape. Like, Snape yeah. especially hates him. So he would definitely tell anybody, but Dumbledore has to be keeping him quiet. Has to be. Because there's some sort of, like, you'd think that he'd be like, oh, he escaped. And then he comes and he blames Harry. And it's like, he's been in here the whole time. But then, like, be like, well, he's in a, he, he can turn into a dog. Maybe he got out somehow, you know, like, or a wolf, I guess. But 
Yeah. Because he had no problems telling everybody about Lupin. Being a werewolf, right? Like, it's, oh, which, oh, my heart breaks so much. <laughs> also, why did the time turner whisk them into the entrance hall? I thought it traveled through time, not, like, and space. Because in the book, <laughs> in the movie it doesn't happen, but in the book, when she does the time turner, all of a sudden they're in the entrance hall. That made no yeah. sense to me. I I wish I had something to say to that, but I have nothing. Like, I'm just like, because I, I didn't really catch on to that until I read your comment. And I'm like, hmm. Fuck. <laughs> like, shoulder shrug, I don't know. <clears throat> okay, but speaking of that fucking time turner. Mm-hmm. So McGonagall's the one who got her this. She had to write to the ministry. They had to go through all of these steps to get Hermione this time turner. Why are more people not aware of the fact that she has this? I understand not telling students Mm -hmm. because there would be a jealousy thing or like a privilege thing. But why? Like Pomfrey had no idea that, you know, he's like, they can't be in two places at once. If she knew about the time turner, she'd know Maybe. that they fucking can. And why do what do any of the other teachers know that she's doing all this extra stuff? I don't think so. Yeah. I, to me, it would make sense that the teachers wouldn't also know. Because then that would mean that, like... Because, yes, McGonagall went through the trouble of talking to Dumbledore and to talking to the Ministry. But I think that that would also bring up some sort of, like well, why can't my students do it as, like, Snape, you know? Like, why can't Mm -hmm. one of my students have it? So I think that it might have been, like, very under wraps of, like, no, only you and Dumbledore can know. But it would slip up. There would be a slip up because she's the top student. Mm -hmm. There's no way that you can tell me that there's not going to be one teacher like, oh, Hermione aced this, and then someone else in the same time period of that, oh, she aced this. How do we both have her? Maybe you know? maybe the, the teachers don't talk. They just don't, <laughs> they don't talk. They don't talk at all. They just all kind of sit there and Like, I can just, I'm just seeing multiple ways that this plan of other, everyone else not knowing, like, really falling through hard. Mm-hmm. Memory charms? I don't know. <laughs> you can't remember Hermione's in this class. Just grade her stuff. Exactly. <laughs> so I've always wondered, can they not do like the pensive like mind thing with Harry or Hermione or Lupin's memories and get like someone to watch what happened that night to like actually know what happened? I mean it would have saved everybody the time. It would have saved everybody the blame. Like, yeah, okay, right. maybe maybe Hermione and Harry wouldn't know how to do the pulley, the vapor out of the head thing. But I'm sure, like, Dumbledore could have explained it to Lupin to get his memories pulled out. Right. And, I mean, there's a few things where I never understand why they don't just use it and be done with it. Mm-hmm. Like the Veritas and... I can never say it. Petrosium? Yep. <laughs> That's it. I can never do it. But... Why not just use that? And I can understand memories not being of use because, 
Like, if you were to pull everyone's memories, they're all going to kind of tell a different story. Yeah. Like, Snape's is going to be more blaming on, like, students, because all he's going to remember is being knocked the fuck out, you know? Yeah, but but then at least, like, with Lupin's, he'd, it would be, like, him showing up and, like, being pissy at Sirius, but then all of a sudden being like, oh, wait, and then hearing him talk and, like, understanding what's going on. Right? Like, what all they could do is just take multiple people's memories, compare them, and come to a conclusion. Yeah. Because that's, that's what most trials are, is it's you're telling your side of the story, but you could literally show your side of the story. Yeah, and I'm wondering why that doesn't happen. Because <laughs> I think that that would, that would have really helped Sirius's case. Yeah, like... And that would help a lot of people's cases, mm-hmm. like Hagrid's. Yeah. There, there would be no false accusations. There'd be no innocent people in Azkaban. I think we need to take over the ministry and implement this, because <laughs> we would obviously do way better. <laughs> All right, running. we may be squibs, but we're coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> We got this. We will be the next Minister of Magics, co-Minister of Magics. <laughs> We're both. <laughs> we will be the ministers of all the magic. All the magic. Of logical magic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so at the end of the book, oh, what's his name? Pidgewidgen, I think. Is that his name? Right. I don't know. <laughs> I, you learn it in the next book. But at the end of the book, there's this little teeny tiny owl flying outside the train. And he's, like, trying to catch up with it. And he's, like, super excited when they finally realize him and open the window and let him in. Like, my goodness, how long was this poor little thing chasing the train for? Because, like, this little guy is, like, tiny. He's, like, the size of a baseball, I assume. And he's just, like, trying to chase the train. And ugh. <laughs> His poor little wings. <laughs> We're both imitating this owl. Be happy you can't see us, because we look pathetic. Or be sad that you're not seeing how pathetic this is. This would go viral. It would. It's that It's that bad. <laughs> but then, I think Hitchwidgen is his name, because then he's, um, he's Ron's owl uh, in the next upcoming books. Um, he brings the letter from Sirius to Harry, and it says, If you ever need me, send word. Your owl will find me. I'll write again soon, Sirius. How will the damn owl find you? I need this explained so badly, guys. You don't understand. <laughs> this fucking owl post is just really out of control. <laughs> I can't even. Like, this is how. Just send word. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> we have talked about Owl Post and the inconsistencies for so long. How does this happen? I we just, need to interview J.K. Rowling and ask how. I just can't. We just want a whole interview of what. Deal with this. How, how do you Owl Post? How do you Owl Post? <laughs> that is a good question, my friend. How do you owl post? <laughs> oh god! So the end of the book, poor Harry has to go back to the fucking Dursley, right? <laughs> yep. 
But he just learned who his godfather is, who was posted everywhere and still is for being a murderer. So I'm, I'm just going to read this because it's fucking hilarious. <clears throat> oh, yeah. He's carrying papers and Vernon asks him, oh, I hope that's not more shit for me to sign. Oh, he didn't say that. This is yeah. a children's book. <laughs> they say bitches at the beginning of it. So, I mean, hey. It's <laughs> fucking papers. But it's not. It's a letter from my godfather. Godfather, sputtered Uncle Vernon. You haven't got a godfather. Yes, I have, said Harry brightly. He was my mom and dad's best friend. He's a convicted murderer, but he's broken out of wizard prison, and he's on the run. He likes to keep in touch with me, though. Keep up with the news. Check if I'm happy. (laughs) (laughs) Just so, like, nonchalant about it. (laughs) Check if I'm happy. (laughs) It's just a great line. He is a convicted murderer. <laughs> oh. Losing my voice again. Oh. It's all this laughing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> too much laughing too soon. <laughs> all right. So that concludes our discussion of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. I, I, God, that mm-hmm. fucking owl post. I can't stop thinking about it. <laughs> If anybody knows about this owl post, contact us. It's going to come up in the next episode, too. It's going to come up in every episode. Let's let's it be is. honest. Like, forever. This is the owl post podcast. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So if you would like to listen and get more lit, you can check out more episodes in journeyintocomics.com. You can also find me and the rest of the German... Germany? Germany? You guys are germy. Apparently, you guys are disgusting. No, the Journey Into Comics Network on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. And you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Goodreads at Literature Podcasts. And you can email me at podcastliterature.com. And you can also find Mish's blog at a bibliophilesbookblog.wordpress.com. I fucking did it. That was better this time. I'm proud of you. Boom. <laughs> I did it. Until next time. Bye. Bye.